Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning that Pechas in Maseches Yevamas. Wasn't it Pechas in Maseches Shabbos where we learned about Kabbalah Satara? Is that Pechas? Oh, you don't remember? Uh, I think it might be, yeah. Anyways, that feel me coincidence because we are an uh, Erev Erev Shavuos. We have a three day Yantav coming up. And so, even though we were away, welcome back, Andrew, from Eretz Israel. Uh, we're, we figured right before the three-day yontiv, we'll come back and start the Kabbalah Satara now. Uh, we missed a parak, and now we are on the tenth parak of Maseches Yevamos. On Pezayin and Bez, there's a Mishnah. I'm going to say the Mishnah outside, but we'll start with the Gemara on Pezayin and Bez, because Andrew, you have all night to, uh, to catch up. So uh, it would be weird to start in the middle of a thought. What is the case? Well... As we know, it's Masechus Yevamos, so it's sponsored by Chatz Veshalom. Uh, tragedy strike. Somebody goes away, man goes away on a business trip, and does not return. A single witness, an Eid Echad, reports to the grieving wife who's waiting behind, and he's sorry to report the news that he witnessed the demise. The man went overboard on the boat, or he saw him die in some other way. Okay. So the question is, normally, as we've been discussing, you need two witnesses in order to corroborate, right, any event. Now that's certainly true with Dine Mamonis and Dine Nefashis. That's straight up in the Torah. That, that certainly would be true. Question is, uh, this, well, we, we thought that when it came to uh, Inyanim of Arias, you would also need two. We'll, we'll get into that. But the question is, in this particular case, are we going to wait for two Adim? They're never going to come, right? This guy says, I was with him. It was just the two of us. And, and I saw the piano fall on his head. So she's never going to get remarried if she's waiting for the second aid. And it is for that reason, as we'll see in the Gemara, that Chazal allow her, the Rabbanon allow her to get remarried on the basis of this Eid Echad. Now, what happens in... This comedy of errors, minus the comedy, when the husband, sure enough, shows up. He's, he's ragged, but he's back. He made it. They, he, he fell off the boat in the middle of the ocean. He swam back. It took him like nine years, but he made it back to his beloved, only to find she's got a, husband, a new husband with kids. So now, what do you do? That's a good question, right? So what our Mishnah discusses, 16, no less than 16 chumras, that we're now going to apply to her now that she has, now that she has uh, found herself in this pickle. Now that she has this conundrum of the husband that she originally married still being married to her without a get, and the husband that she subsequently married still being married to her. What does she do? To run through, again, not to read through the Mishnah, but to just say she has to leave both husbands. That's consequence number one. She's going to have to get a get from both husbands. She will not receive a ksuba from either husband. Okay, so you're going to say, wait a second, why are we being mean to this lady? She followed Chazal. The answer is, we'll say it outside, Rashi explains, the Gemara explains, the answer is because we are, again, allowing her, it's true that we're allowing her to get remarried, but we really want her to make doubly sure. You know, it can't be that if your husband's five minutes late from work that you're getting remarried to another guy, right? We want her to really get absolutely sure uh, to... Um, before she does so. And so again, <laughs> if she's 100% trusts the witness, this is never going to happen. 
right? But obviously, if it did happen and the husband came back, she did not do her due diligence in determining that he really was gone. And therefore, for that reason, she loses her exuberance and she gets back. The Gemara is going to talk about it. It will say eventually, you know, why are we being so harsh on her and yet allowing her at the same time? Well, again, obviously, there's, there's, a, there's a balance. It's not a simple situation. We don't want her to be in Aguna, but we want her to do her due diligence before she gets married. That's what it boils down to. The Gemara will start... By, and by the way, some of the other consequences will be she, she can't have, right? When, as we've talked about all throughout the Masechta, you know, if she was a Bas Cohen or she married a Cohen, she's not going to be eating any of those. She, she will not have any right to those, uh, to, to any of the Truma. She'll not have any right to any mice if she's, a, uh, if she's, if she was a Levi. And both, and the children from both husbands are going to be Mamzerim. The Gemara discusses why, even from the first husband, I mean, those preceded this entire rigmarole. Yeah, but what are you going to say about this new dad? So that's going to be a problem, um, and and etc. You know, um, these are some of the consequences. And yes, the sixteenth and final consequence has to do with yibum uh, that neither husbands consider yibum, which is a way of saying we don't consider her really attached anymore to either husband. Okay, so that has yibum consequences as well. Okay, so. So welcome to Masech HaShivamos. So now we'll begin the Gemara. I'll say quickly outside first. Um, the Gemara thinks that... I'm giving it away, guys. I'm sorry, Barry. But I have to tell you. The Gemara thinks that our Mishnah has anything to do with Eidechot Neman, right, in Be'isurin. There is a phrase. Can this Gemara be read in the yeshivas and studied for three months? Of course. But we're, we got 30 minutes. So Eidechot is typically not allowed. Now, mind you, Andrew, this, this, are we talking about in court? Right? We are going to have to uh, look into this a little bit, uh, a little bit more deeply as far as, right, to Adam is, a, is, something, is something when it comes to, to a court case. Not all the cases the Gemara are going to bring are brought to court. Like, for example, if you go to someone's house, like one of these days, Barry, we're going to, we're going to, I mean, it's going to have to happen. We're going to get invited to Andrew for Shabbos meals, right? I mean, it, at some point, it's going to have to happen. Or he's going to make us see him something, right? And when we go there and he serves us food, how do we know that it's kosher? So Andrew will say, yeah, it's kosher. Trust me. So, but how are we supposed to believe him? Well, he's Naaman. This is one of the cases that's brought in the Gemara. The question is, uh, what are we going to do? Bring him to court? What kind of Naamanus are we talking about, right? Certain things happen in court, like two Adim testifying in court. But certain Naamanus happens like in everyday life, right? So that's, that's one aspect here. But the other aspect is just simply, does this have to do with whether we believe one witness versus two altogether? And I'll give it away and say that really we are what? Being makil for this woman because of atakanas agunos. There's really... Our Mishnah does not reflect at all on the Ne'emanus of Eidechad. In other words, there's two reasons why we might believe this single traveler, right, this um, tag-along that traveled along with the deceased husband. One reason might be because an Eidechad has Ne'emanus, and we bring it into Yeshiva, and we try to figure it out and compare it to Gemara's and Mishnahis elsewhere to see what is the Ne'emanus of Eidechad. Okay, or we can conclude as, our, so, that, so we'll go through that now. Or we could conclude, as our Gemara does, ultimately, and say, this has nothing to do with the actual Naamanus, the believability, or, right, of the veracity, if you will, of the Seyed Simply, it's a Gzeros Chazal Mishim Agunos, 
right? We don't want this woman to be not married. And so we, we it's not that we believe the aid, but we simply relax our need for to aid them in that particular case, but it's a unique case. So without further ado, we go into the Gemara. I really missed you guys. So that, that we're reacquainted and following. Says the Gemara, the Katani Seifa. The fact that the second part of the Mishnah says, Nise Shilob Moteras Lachzorlo. Okay, so we didn't read the Mishnah, but the end of the Mishnah says that if she remarried without the Rishus, wait, wait a second, that sounds like it's bad. What's Muteris Lachzorlo? So we assume that that means that she's allowed to return to the original husband. Why should she be allowed to return to him? She's Nises below Rishus, so you have to understand, as Rashi explains, it's because it's not needed, meaning. Shalom Rishus means, right, that she had two Edim. That's, that's what the Gemara explains. In other words, again, if you only had one aid, then you need to go to the rabbi or to the Bezdin in order to get permission to get remarried. But if two Edim come, this is why I was bringing it up in the introduction, if two Edim come, you don't even need Rishus. Two Edim is two Edim. That's the Nisei Shalom Rishus. Just like, right, it's ironic. It's the opposite of what you would think. It's not Rishus, because it's corroborated by two Adam, and therefore she doesn't need Rishus. Okay, wait a minute. So then which husband does she stay with? We will see. That ends up being turned around on the Gemara. But the assumption here now is that, again, the husband goes away, the, she, and two Adam come and say that they saw that he passed away. And now, based off of that, two Adam testimony, she gets married below Rishus. Below Rishus means not with the Rishus of Bezdin because it's not necessary because she has the corroboration of two Adim. Now she gets married by, based on two Adim. She's allowed to do what? She's allowed to stay with her second husband. That's what the second part of the mission says. So again, Nisa Shalob Rishus Muteras Lachzorlo. Shalob Rishus Bezdin says the Gemara, as we see, Ella Be'edim, which means she has two Adim. Miklal Dereshe Rishus Bezdin Uve'ed Echad. Right, and so now reflecting back on the Mishnah, which we didn't read inside, so we're not confused yet, but which reflects on the on the Rasha where it says that it's Bishus Bezdin, that it's Bezdin that allows him. That had to mean that the reason why she went to Bezdin to find out in the first place is because she had an Eid Echad, which evidently teaches us Alma Eid Echad Neman. Right, it sounds like an Eid Echad is going to be Neman, which is to say that a testimony of one witness means something. That the testimony of one witness can, in certain cases, mean something. Why, why would you think that it wouldn't mean anything? Well, because we know that we normally need to, to aid him. Okay, um, fine. So then what does Eid Neman mean? That we believe it like to aid him? The end of, of uh, Peches, if we ever get there, um, discusses that. Do you believe it as the same way that you believe two Adam? Apparently not, right? Because if you have two Adam, you don't need to go to Bezdin. If you have one aid, then we believe him enough that Bezdin will allow it. So it's this hybrid thing where it's not nothing, but it's not the same as two Adam. Okay. So now the Gemara is going to try to compare this to other sources, whether there is such a thing as a testimony of Eid Echad that, that moves the needle for us at all. It's not Nami. We learned that in the second source, this is in the end of, towards the end of Yuvamas, where it says, that in Eretz Yisrael, they allowed aid me pi aid. In other words, you didn't have to hear it from the horse's mouth that the husband died. You didn't have to hear it from that single aid echad, but rather, misiin, right? Like, remember, it's uh, reminiscent of Rosh Hashanah of Mesuos, where you have the flames carrying from one hilltop to the other. Here, it's like hearsay, almost, right? You have 
a fifth generation source, so to speak, right? It's not the, the actual source, but a few steps removed, right? Aiden P. Aid, Vishim P. Isha, Vishim P. Evan, and P. Shifcha. So it's hearsay. Word of mouth is enough to allow her to get married. That's the case later on that we'll see in Yavamas. So Alma Eidechad Nehemon. Well, that's even more. That, that teaches you what? That it means something. It's a chiddish. Eidechad is Nehemon. Is that really true in Yavamas? And again, that, later, that case later in Yavamas is, is a similar case in the sense that it's allowing a woman to remarry based off of hearsay that her husband died. Okay. But does that really mean that we believe Eid Echad in general? As we say, not so fast. But first, let's bring other examples of Eid Echad. Mishnah increases. So it's not Nami. We learn in the Mishnah increases. Eid Echad Omer Achal Tachelev, Omer Lo Achal Tipater. Right? So now, after eating a sandwich in the Shuk, in Yerushalayim, as Andrew certainly, Andrew, you made it to Ramon this time? Oh yeah, oh, yeah he was in Ramon, in Mamila. So you, you, eat, you eat something, so somebody goes to Bezdin and says, I testify a single aid that this, that this has nothing to do with, I, just, I was just wondering tangentially whether you went to Ramon. About a totally different person, somebody testified that somebody ate chelev. And he says, no, I did not. I ate in a Badat's establishment. Potter. So he's potter from what? He's potter from bringing a korban chatas. Okay. Because normally if a person eats chalev, he has to, now again, if he eats chalev b'mezid, he, it's an isr kares. But if he eats chalev um, b'shogeg, then as we know, that which, as we learned in Masechus Shabbos, that which is an isr kares b'mezid is an isr chat, you have to bring a korban chatas when you do it b'shogeg. So this person ate a sandwich, he thought it was kosher, turns out it was not, and therefore, he has to bring a korban chatas. However, he says, I don't know what you're talking about. It was wrapped in a badatz seal. And therefore, there's no way that it was chalev. And therefore, if he could say that, right, and, and he denies it, so to speak, so then he's going to be potter from bringing the korban chatas as well. Says the Gemara, let's work this out. How does this have to do with Eidechad? Well, sounds like the only reason why he doesn't have to bring the korban chatas is because he denies it. Had he been silent, maybe the testimony of the Eidechad would have worked as follows. In other words, because the individual who was accused of eating treif says that he knew that it wasn't treif, that's why he doesn't have to bring a korban. But had he just said, oh, really? And just didn't say anything. So then the aid echad that, that explained to him or accused him of eating treif would be believed so far as to require him to bring a korban. Which says the Gemara, Alma, that shows you that a single witness is believed. Now, says the Gemara. Fine. So we have two. We have the we have Yavamus, where we believe in Eidechad for a woman to get remarried, to say that her husband died. And we have Krisis, that we believe the Kashras of that sandwich, to say whether it's Chelev or Shuman. Shuman is Mutter, Chelev is Asr. Okay. Now, Mido Raisa Minon. What's this source that Eidechad is believed? That's the Gemara. The Tanya. Well, the Brisa brings a pasuk. The Brisa says, "Oh, ho, oh, love chataso." Okay, so the context there, right? That say for Vayikra that he should bring if he becomes known to him. This is talking about he didn't know, so then he has to bring a chatas. That means that in order to be chayev, right, a chiv, a korban chatas, he he is right. 
he has to be aware, Yadiwa Khem. But others don't have to make him aware, which is to say he doesn't need, right, when it says to, to find out from two Adam, you might thought, think that even if he's not Makhish, that even if he doesn't deny it, that he would be Pater from a Korban Khatas, Tamadomar, Oho Dai Love, Mikal Makam. In other words, that he would not be Pater in any manner, even if it was right in a situation where he did not deny it. So now the Gemara is going to Right, even in a situation where he was simply silent, he's still going to be chayav a korban chatas. So this is the part where the Gemara analyzes that brisa. So again, all so far we've learned is that the pasuk says that he's going to be chayav a korban chatas, even in the case where he was just silent. Now the Gemara is going to say, "What is this case where he's just silent?" Says the Gemara, "Hechi dummy. What is that case that this pasuk that's analyzed in the brisa?" Is referring to. If that case, if the Pasuk is teaching you in the case of two Adam, so what are you teaching you? We don't need a Pasuk to teach you that when two Adam come, that he's Chayev, of course. Two Adam testify, that testimony becomes fact. And once that, halachically, right? And then once that testimony becomes a halachic fact, of course he's going to have to bring carbon Chatas. El Alav Chad. Must be that the Pasuk that says, oh, Adah Alav Chataso, that's that reference in the Braisa is referring to when only one witness said that he ate the chalev. And since we assume in that case that he did not right, deny it, he still believed, despite the fact that what? That it's only based on the testimony of a single aid. Aha. There's a little bit of a convoluted way of saying that we're, we're assuming that that brisa that teaches us the source, the raisa, is referring to only an eid echad, because otherwise why would we even need the pasuk in the first place? And since that pasuk is referring to an eid echad, it must be that an eid echad is neman on this issue. So, so now the Gemara says, okay, we mehaman, but wait a minute, again, whenever you have this eid echad neman, there's two ways of looking at it. Is it because we truly believe the testimony we consider the testimony of one aid to be valid, or is it because it's a special case? So in the case of, really there's only two cases. One is where, where somebody's testifying about a dead husband, and the other one is one testifying about the kosher sandwich. So in the case of the kosher sandwich, that's a special case because when he was informed, this individual that ate the sandwich, when he was informed that the sandwich wasn't kosher, he simply kept quiet. So maybe the fact that he kept quiet is like a tacit agreement. Right, a silent agreement, and that is why we, he's Nehemon. Not be, right. Whereas if he had said, "What I don't know what you're talking about," there was a bedat seal, then the Eid echad isn't Nehemon. So, what does that say about the about how much we trust the Eid echad? Right. Obviously, if if one aide comes and says you ate a trafe sandwich, and then you say no, I didn't, and then we throw the whole case out and we say that he is not chayav a korban, so obviously we don't believe the Eid echad that much, right? So we only are going to believe him. If we, right, if we see that he pointed something out that we didn't know and we're silent, right? That's what the Gemara says. Right? Because once he admits the guilt, right? So then already that's just somebody told you something. And then now we believe the fact. And it's like you agree, you say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. And then, of course, we treat it as if you had eaten the chalev and we're going to force you, but inadvertently, obviously, and we're going to force you to bring the carbon chatas. But it's not really based off of this testimony. Had you had your own testimony or your own reason to believe that the sandwich was in fact kosher, we would just throw this 
guy's um, observation out, uh, out entirely. So that's not a great raya that an Eid Echad is generally believed. Okay. So the Gemara says, wait, you should, you should and, and by the way, Teda, you should know that, that, that that's the case of Shtika Adama. Okay, okay, that, that that's really the reason why we believe that guy. Why? The Ketani Seifa, and now we're going to have a little bit of a convoluted explanation, but when we take the mission of Croesus, right, in its entirety, you can see in context that it's probably because of Shtika Keoda that we believe him. Why? Because in the Seifa, there's a machloket. So what's the Seifa? The Seifa of that mission of Croesus says the following. The Seifa is talking about a case of two Edim. The Reish is talking about one Edim. The, se- the Seifa is talking about two Edim. So again, when there was one aid, right, we, and, and he was silent, then we, the, then we force him to uh, bring the carbon. If there was two Edim, and he says that he did not eat, and he says, I don't know what you're talking about, I ate a kosher sandwich, I saw the badat seal, he's potter from the chattas. That's with two Edim. That is the Tanakama. Rabbi Meir Bechayev. However, Rabbi Meir is going to say with two Edim, he is in fact going to be Chayev. So what we're going to see is in the Sefer, there's a machlokas, and the ratio there's not. Just following up, reading further, Amar Rabbi Meir, Kavachomer. What's Rav Meir's reasoning? So now we're going to go through the Tanakam and Rav Meir's reasoning. Rav Meir is going to bring in Kalva Chomer. Well, that's a reasonable Kalva Chomer. In other words, Rav Meir says, two Adam come and say, you ate, you, that sandwich you just ate was treif. And he says, no, it wasn't. Rav Meir says, well, who do we believe? We believe the two Adam. What do you mean? Why? Well, what do you mean why? It's two Adam. If two Adam came and said that Shmerel killed Beryl, right? And then Shmerel says, no, I didn't. We don't care what Shmerel says. We're in court. We have to aid him. The Baldin's, right, denial, right, like they always say about the guys in jail, everybody here is innocent, right? The Baal, they, everybody claims that they're innocent, right, obviously in court. So the Baldin's denial is, is garnished mit garnished. Wait, we, we don't, that doesn't hold water at all. And therefore, to aid him are always going to essentially create a halachic reality, so that's what Mayor is saying. So two ate him coming and saying that he, that he ate chalev, that sandwich is treif, and we don't care that he says that he saw badats, we believe two ate him. That's even true for capital punishment. Certainly it's going to be true for a sandwich, or, and, and by, by the way, this is a, not even going to be kares, this is going to be what? A korban chatas, right? Because all they're saying is, you didn't know this, but you ate a treif sandwich. So we believe them. Oh, that's where Mayor's Reasoning why he says he's going to be chayv a korban in a case of two Adam where he denies. Okay, Amrulo. But what? So how, what is the Tanakama going to reply to this? They say that he's in fact potter even with two Adam. What would be the case? Says the Gemara. Ma im loma Okay. They say he has a certain weird type of migu because he, if he really wanted to get out of the korban, when the two Adam came and said you ate a trave sandwich, he could have said, Yeah, I know I did. I did it on purpose. And by the way, when you eat a treif sandwich on purpose, you're potter from a korban. So since he could have pottered himself from the korban, uh, and, the, and, and then he denied it, now you might say he just denied it because he was being sincere, but leave that out. For now, again, everything can, here can be learned much more, more deeply. But the point is that the Chum say that since he could have got out of the korban in another way with his testimony, uh, we're not going to make him bring the korban, even in the case where he denies it. Okay, now. Be that as it may, this all machlokas is in the seifa of the case of two Adam. Says the Gemara, Reisha, this is one of those cases where the Gemara says one word and you're supposed to understand what it means. With, by saying the word Reisha, right, uh, so it's, 
it's referring to the case where there's only the one aid, right? So we, we assume the same for the aid echad, that that would be the same halacha, right? And therefore the Gemara finally arrives at Pechesim at Aleph at the hopeless time, 6.03 a.m., and he says, my time Right, why the, in other words, in the, in the safe, in the Seifa, there was a machlokas, right? But in the Reisha, there was no machlokas, right? In the, in the Reisha, we assume that everybody would agree that if he denies it, he'd be pater, and if he was silent, he'd be chayed. So, if you're going to say that we believe in Eid Echad, right? Because in general, if there's two witnesses, right? They're going to say that even if he disputes them, we're going to, the, the witnesses are still going to be believed. Right? And yet, right, in the case where he was Kamakhish, the Rabbanan are going to pater him. Sounds like the witnesses have no credibility at all. Right, when it comes to the chatas. It has to be. Right, it has to be, right, in the first case, in the ratio. In other words, all we're doing now, guys, is we're inferring from the seifa, where there is a machlokas, we're going back to the ratio and saying, in the ratio, there is no machlokas. The fact that there's no machlokas in the ratio cannot be because that we believe in Eid Echad. Because as we see, in the Sefer, you could say, well, maybe it has to do with Neymanus. But in the Reisha, you can't say that it has to do with, it, it has to be that the reason why we believe the Eid Echad in the case of the Reisha, and nobody argues, is because of the case of the Shtika Kada. It's because of this tacit agreement versus Eid Echad. So it cannot be that it is because of the power of an Eid Echad to establish validity that we believe the Eid it has to be that it is because of the power of the tacit agreement that comes with shtika. And therefore, from the case of the sandwich, we cannot learn the power of an edachot to establish validity. Fine. So now we have to offer a different source. So what is, that was our first attempt. El It's a svar that an edachot is neman. Why? Well, you have here, let's say, a case of our missing husband. Let's compare it to a different case. Case where you walk into someone's house and you have a suffix whether the food is kosher. Yeah, and your host, Svi Holland, comes out and he says, I'm telling you for sure, I saw this animal shecht all the way from when it was grazing until now. I watched this animal, I'm telling you, it's a kosher shechit, it's, it's, it's perfectly mutter, part of the animal. The mammon. So, of course, we believe that. So, similarly here too, we should believe. Right when somebody says that I saw for sure I was traveling with this person and I saw the husband die, so the Gemara asks me, "Dami, are those two cases similar?" You go to Tzvi Holland's house, you have a chazaka that it's kosher, but you certainly and you certainly don't have a chazaka that there's any reason to suspect that it's not. But in the case of the husband, you have a default that is the exact opposite. You have the assumption that she was married you'd have to create quite an amonus to undo that assumption, right? In other words, right, where you have a suffix chelev, suffix shuman, you go to anybody's house to eat, you have, a, you, have to, you have to assume, you have no reason to believe that it's not kosher. But here, you starting from a, a totally different, right, totally different default, which is that she should have been married. Therefore, the burden of proof to prove that she's no longer married because the husband died is a much higher threshold. Finally, we get to the second part. Now, this second part is 
discussed greatly by the Rishonim because should be such a powerful statement, right? What it really means is that whenever we come to the idea of Arias, you always need two witnesses. Well, if that's the case, why are we even having this conversation, Andrew? <laughs> right? That is why we, why we have the Hava, mean, of this Eid Echad. So we just said it now, like we kind of like said it, and you saw the phrase in uh, I mean, we're just started Seder Nashim, so we'll see it a gajillion times again. But for the purposes of moving on with the daf, we have to put that aside because everything going forward, we're going to have to realize, forget Ein Dav Shaber for now because obviously our case of our mission is an Eid Echad, as the Gemara said. And we're going to see that the, we relax this idea of Ein Dav Shaber in a case of a Naguna, right? In other words, obviously it's a Rabbanic dispensation, uh, right, a Rabbanan dispensation. But for now, we're just adding... Uh, pouring salt on, on, on this, on this uh, disproof and saying that, yeah, and therefore our case, there's two very big reasons to not believe in Eid Echad, right? Because she uh, heretofore has been considered an Eishas Ish, and also he's only an Eid Echad. So let's go back to that first objection. By the way, says the Gemara, if you really wanted to compare this to Kashrus scenario, then what you're going to have to say is like this, that you walked into an establishment, you walked into Mickey D's, okay, and you walked into a place where it's assumed to be Trafe, right? That's more similar because the assumption there is, right, the Isser. Right, and the guy from behind the counter says, trust me, it's kosher. Okay, well, that would be more similar to our case where the Loma Hemon, and obviously any rabbi would tell you, don't trust that. You need to have, right, that you can't just walk into Mickey D's and if the guy behind the counter tells you that, don't worry, it's kosher, you cannot believe that. You need to speak to, uh, a, a, you really, really have, have to have real edus, okay. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, me dummy, is it really that bad? Is that case of definite chalev similar to us? Yeah, in, in McDonald's, even a hundred people would come, uh, they can't undo the, the treif, the smell of the treif, you're not going to believe him. Our case is a little different because if two Adam actually testified that the husband died, well, we certainly would believe him and we'd let her get married, even though she was an anxious ish heretofore. And even though it's a Dover Shabbat, two Adam, we certainly would believe. In the case of the McDonald's, we would not even believe two Adam to say that it's kosher, amazingly enough. And therefore, the Gemara just simply says, well, if we believe two, maybe we believe one, meaning what we're talking about now is the believability of an aid, even in the case where there was a cheskas isura. Again, much to be discussed in the base medrash um, at great length on this, but be that as it may, what the Gemara is saying now is basically that the case of the treif sandwich and the case of the husband is, are, are different in so many ways, Right? One is a Dover Shabbat Erva, uh, right? The case of the husband is a Dover Shabbat Erva, and there's an assumption that she's an Ashes Ish, but two Aiden would be believed. The case of, of Trafe sandwiches is, is totally different parameters. It's either totally Trafe, in which case even two Aiden are not believed, or it's, it's presumed to be kosher, in which case you, that's why you would need an Eid Echad, and an Eid Echad would always be believed, right? So in the world of kashrus, you go into a restaurant, if it's a treif restaurant, it's going to take a lot more than Adem to make it kosher, because the Metziah says that it's treif, and if it's a kosher restaurant, it's going to take more than an Eid Echad to be a treif, and thus it's dissimilar to the case of a husband who is, who is gone.
Um, and so now we have to go to a different analogy. It says the Gemara, What's this Tevel, Hekdesh, and Konamos? Well, Tevel, we know, so basically it says testimony to permit Tevel, meaning somebody comes and bring testimony and say, oh, don't worry, Trumas was taken off of that. Or Hekdesh, saying, don't worry, this was Nifta, right? I know that you might have thought that this was um, used for hectish, and therefore, if you're going, you cannot use it because that would be a problem of me'ila, right? That would be a problem of misappropriating something which was, right, um, uh, designated for, for the base of Mikdash. But don't worry, it was redeemed, and therefore you can use it. The konamos is nadarim. I thought, I know that you think that this was off limits as a consequence of someone's nether. Don't worry, that nether was rescinded, was retracted, and now you can use it. So that's a fascinating case. It's a case where it started off with an assumption of Isser, and somebody's testifying that the Isser was lifted off. That's what we're saying. And that, the Gemara is going to say, is more analogous to our case of the lost husband. How so? Ask the Gemara. Hi, Tevel, hey, Chidami. How is that similar? Edi day. Wait a minute. If, if you're testifying about your own produce, Mishum to be Yodolatakno. The reason we believe you is not because an Eid Echad can be believed, but simply, and, and by the way, in all those cases, we allow an Eid Echad. So that's really analogous to us. Oh, well, yeah. The reason we're going to allow it in the case of Tevel, if it's your own, is because Biyado now, Rabari Libowitz, the great Dafyomi master, is going into the whole, there is a three, he brings no less than three reasons in the Rishonim. The Maharik comes to mind, where he says, why does Biyado change the math? Right? Because the Gemara is assuming it's, if it's Biyado, that doesn't give you any Raya that an Eidechad is Neman. Well, maybe because, again, because Biyado is already, once you could do it, so obviously you have the control over it, so, 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 there's different reasons why that, like, you know, does that really affect the Neimanus, or, um, I'm gonna butcher the Maharik, so maybe I shouldn't even say it outside, but, but the bottom line is, once you have the ability to change the Metzius yourself, so then, already, there is no reason not to believe because you could have you could have done so. You have it within your power to change what the chazaka would be. So obviously that changes the math. Okay. Point is, if it's biyado, so then that does not reflect on whether an eid echad can, can do it. And therefore, that is certainly not the case of the woman, right? This woman is waiting desperately for news. She cannot control the situation at all. And therefore, the case of the tevel is not going to be similar to the case of the woman. Ela de acher. It must be a case where it's someone else's produce and somebody's testifying about their produce. So then, wait a minute, my kasavar. When it comes to someone else's produce, you know that there is a shita out there that you can be my first truma on your own produce in order to remedy someone else's. Well, if you held that, so for that, you don't need the owner's right consent. And you don't, and, uh, so wait, do you not need the owner's consent? If that's the case, so then that is exactly biyado, and therefore we can't use it as a raya. But if the converse is true, if you hold that you do need the badas bailim in order to do so, the amr So in that case, one witness says, "I know that it was misakin." So he gufa minala, and this is the fascinating thing. What we're revealing here is as follows: that when it comes to tevel hektesh Konomos, we actually know what the halacha is in certain cases if it's biyadcha, but if it's not biyadcha, we actually don't know what the halacha is. Well, if we don't know what the halacha is, 
So then, ha minolan, right? So then, we're not going to be able to use it. In other words, in order to make these cases of tevel, hektish, and konomos, in order to make them analogous to our case of the woman, we're going to have to say that the scenario is where it's someone else's tevel, hektish, and konomos, and you're getting a testimony of Eid Echad. Well, guess what, guys? We don't know what the halacha is the case in that unique case of where you're referring to someone else's hektish tevel konamos. So now we're going to go through this exercise. We went through it for tevel. We're going to do the same thing for hektish and konamos, which is to say, by the time we make that case analogous to our case, we don't know what the halacha is anyway, so therefore we can't use it as a precedent. So we did tevel. Now we're going to say hektish nami, the same thing. When it comes to hektish, right, something that we assumed was mis- was, was uh Set aside for the base of mikdash, therefore, to use it would be misappropriating it. So, you could just dummy if it was a kedusha of money. So, mishum de As we know, the halacha is that anyone, even if he was not the person who was makdash an item, if all it was was what's considered called a kedusha's dummy, as opposed to kedusha's haguf, kedusha's haguf can only be redeemed by the baal. But kedusha's dummy, anybody could redeem it, just pay for it and take it back. So, if that's the case, so then, Mishum de so. So that's why we believe the Eidechad to say that it's Mutter because he could just be Podet right there and then. However, he could just a goof, which as we said has to be done by Bailam. So he did today, if indeed he is the Baal, Mishum de Yeah. Then, if he's the Baal, then he could be the one to read, like Shulele means to retract it. El Da'acher, must be that someone else's. Right? And therefore, the case must be, in order to make it analogous to the case of a woman whose husband is not found, with the testimony of Echad, the case of our Mishnah, has to be a case where someone else was makdashit, and then a, a third party aid said, right, that I know that itchil marayalei. I know the owner already redeemed it. Well, guess what? Who gufa minalan? We don't know what the case, Allah will be in that case. And therefore, just like we said by the Tevel, we can't use that as a, right, we can't use that as a precedent case for our case of the lost husband because we don't really know what the halacha would be in that analogous case. And finally, with konamos, konamos nami. So then, damim if you're going to say that yesh in other words, when a person makes a neder, right, it's subject to the laws of me'ila, which is to say, when a person makes, when a person says, this thing is going to be treated, I vow not to, right, get any hanaf from this. It's as if it's hekdish. We treat it like a carbon, which is to say, right, to use it would be analogous to me'ila, to misappropriation of kadush of kachim. Well, if you hold that the nether has the power to do that, well, so if you say, so again, that it's subject to misappropriation, right, to me'ila, and therefore it's like a kadushas damim, well, if you hold that that Kedusha that falls upon a neder is a Kedusha's Domim, so that would be similar, right, to the case of the Hektish, the Kenyan Hektish monetary, which can be poted by anyone, and since he has the ability to put it in himself, we're going to say that that's why the Eidechah is believed. However, if you're going to, you know, right, it's, it's rising on his shoulders. If you're going to say that it's not really Meila at all, right, it's just an Isser that falls upon this item that was the subject of the nether. So Edi day, if it's the witness's own, Mishum then maybe it's because again he can actually undo the nether. Ella de must be a case where someone else, right, you have a witness testifying someone else, 
right, made the nether. And then the, the Yerechah comes and says, and I know that he was Chazor on that nether. So that case becomes beautifully analogous to our case of where an Yerechah reports that the husband was killed overseas. But the problem is, we don't know what the halacha is in that case. Just like we said, by Tevel, and just we say by Hektish, in the case of Konamos, we don't know what the halacha would be in such a convoluted case. And therefore, that in itself can't serve as a, right, as a precedent, because we don't know the halacha there. As the Gemara interestingly says, he goofed on me for the third time again. So now we have to uh, concede that these cases of Hektish and Konamos and Tevel are not going to teach us anything about Eidach and Nemanbi Surin. So now we have to say a different source, which is Amar Bizera, Right? And that's what we could have intuited right away. Why is a single aide believed, Matt, to say that the husband, God forbid, our Masechet Yvamas is sponsored by Chas Vashalom, so don't look horrified. Uh, the husband is, is, I went on a trip with your husband and he fell overboard. I'm sorry to say. She, we have to allow her to get remarried. Uh, once we allow her to get married. So that's the reason. It's, it has nothing to do with the fact that we believe in Eid Echad and call it Torah Kula. We simply want this woman to get married. That's what Rabbi Zera said. And by the way, at the end, we're going to be machmer on her. 16 chumras mentioned in our Mishnah that we're going to be machmer on her if the husband shows up. Because we're going to be so machmer on her, when the husband shows up, we're going to be making her on her in the beginning. And it is not because Eid Echad Neman, but, uh, but rather because of the Takana of the Aguna, and the reason, because we want her to get married, so severe that, uh, that we believe that first aid, that we let her get married. So the Gemara asks, why are you torturing this poor woman? Why are you creating such a problem? Don't let her, don't be machmer on her with these 16 chumras when her husband shows up, and don't be mekel to allow her to get married with the Eid Echad. Yeah, but says the Gemara, that is untenable, because... She, if we did not allow her to get married, she would just be unmarried forever, and that's called an aguna, and that is a sorry state indeed, and it is for that, because in order to avoid that, the chachamim were mekel and allowed her to get married with the neidachad, even knowing that if the original husband were to show up, she'd be in quite the conundrum. But that we're willing to accept that consequence in order to let her get married, mind you, we, she better make sure that, this husband, that, that the husband doesn't come back, right? So now we're two dots, seven lines up from the bottom. So So what are the consequences? So right away, what it boils down to is she has to leave both husbands, and it's as if she was never married to either one. The children are mamzerim. It's a, it's a big, giant mess. That all would be true only if she married because Bezin allowed her based off of just the testimony of one person. Rav says, yeah, but if two Adim came, so she doesn't have to leave. Lotesa from which one? We're assuming the second the marriage is good. Well, wait a minute. The second marriage is good. Machor leiba marava. In Eretz Yisrael, they thought it was a big joke. And you remember from your trip, they laughed at this? So they said, The second husband just showed up at the front door and you're going to say that she stays married to the first husband? How could that be? The proof is sitting right in front of our face. Says the Gemara, fascinating idea. He's unrecognizable. It must be a case where we see this guy, he looks like a vagabond in the backyard, and he claims to be the first husband, but he looks, he bears no resemblance to the first husband. The only reason we think that he's the husband is because somebody's testifying that he's the husband. Well, it, so then why does she, why would we have the Havamina, 
right? Even with a, with a single Eid Echad, if we don't know who this guy is. He's just some Nundik who claims to be the, the, the husband, but he bears no resemblance, so Eid Echad should be fine. So it says, no. No, it has to be two witnesses. We were with him. We saw him degenerate into this state, but trust me, it's him. And it's just you that don't know, don't know that because of his appearance. How do we know that? We'll get to the last line of Can such a thing ever happen? Yes, Yosef and his brothers. He recognized them, but he was unrecognizable to them. So even your own brother, sometimes you can't recognize. He grew the beard, and that was like witness protection program. Because of the beard, he was no longer considered recognizable. Um, the beard can make you, can really conceal you. There's a fascinating Ramban that uh, Ravari Leibowitz, a great Dafyomi mention, uh, master mentions. He quotes the, uh, an answer to the Ramban, which is, which is uh, I forgot his source, of the voice, the recognition of the voice. That, that remember, if he was speaking Egyptian, right, sometimes if I speak Hebrew, right, so my, my, my entire uh, octave goes into a different place. So you wouldn't recognize my voice if I was speaking Hebrew. So Yosef was, was speaking Egyptian, so that's why they didn't recognize his voice. Whereas they were talking to each other in Hebrew. And therefore, that was the original right language that he heard him speak when they were speaking to each other, and that's why maybe he recognized them. Be that as it may, it is possible sometimes for somebody to be unrecognizable. I brought you to Ahmed Bey's, and so you have something to do Shavuos night to catch up. I apologize for that. May everybody have a good Shabbos and a good Yontov.